Hey guys, thanks for taking the drive down State Street. In today's episode, we continue our journey with the No Complaining Rule by John Gordon. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to State Street. This is the co-host, the voice, Nick Kleitch, and with me as always are me, amigos, Jeremy Machino and Cole Szynski. Gentlemen, how are we? Nick, it's, uh, it's been pretty good. We had a, we had a pretty laid-back weekend. We're starting our, our next week of podcasting, so episode 23 and 24 will, come, will be coming out shortly. Then we're on to episode number 25 next week, our quarter of 100 mark. And, uh, you know, I think it's something we're really, really going to be proud of when, uh, once it finally comes out. Yeah, dude, it's super exciting. We we've come this far, but as far as my weekend, I mean, Nick, you know exactly how my weekend went. I got to I got to spend a little time with one of my State Street comrades, play a little golf, spend time with you and uh, your girlfriend Emily, and we had a, a really really fun filled day. Uh, I think both of us exerted a little bit of energy. Maybe had a couple of beverages, and we're feeling a little dehydrated, maybe a little tired. Need to catch up on a little sleep, but. Um, as far as the weekend goes, it was a lot of fun, uh, but I am ready to get rolling on the no complaining rule, dude. I'm jacked up and I'm, I'm juiced about it. Yeah, this topic will be really fun to talk about for, for numerous reasons. And just to, to touch on both of those, Jer, I couldn't even believe that we hit the 25 mark. I feel like we've had tremendous momentum the last couple of weeks. And to know that all of that is added up to 25 or will add up to 25 is, is a true honor. And I can't wait to, to see who the guest is for that honorary 25th episode. And uh, yeah, Cole, it was freaking awesome, man, to see you in person before you go out to California. And uh, golf has been something that we've both kind of picked up of late and uh, really enjoyed it. Uh, the only thing that about killed us, though, was was that temperature. <laughs> Yeah, the temperature and the humidity specifically didn't do us any favors, along with the fact that neither of us are great golfers. We just like to play pretend a little bit. Yeah, I uh, I made a couple of comments that I just remember you looking at me, and I'm like, dude, I- I'm at least faking like I'm pro, <laughs> even though I'm I'm far from. But uh, let's get right into uh, today's topic. Um, we read the No Complaining Rule uh, by John Gordon. Uh, this is the, I believe, the third book in his set that me and Cole purchased. Um, we've really liked John's work. We've really done a lot and been very engaged in his content. Cole, I know you hit the podcast quite often, but uh, this book uh, just seems to be getting better and better, or the series of books anyway. Yeah, the series keeps getting better and better. And what's really cool before we dive into the No Complaining Rule content specifically, the way he writes and and this book in particular, it's so cool because you seep in the energy bus. So there's a part in the book where Hope, our main character in this book, she looks over at this bus dropping people off and she's just like, why are people always so happy getting off that number 11 bus? And she talks to a, a woman when she's um, at the doctor's office whose name is Joyce, and her sister drives a bus. And so it's just kind of funny how John gives us those little nuggets of, hey, this is from this book, and uh, you, you just kind of you get to reminisce and you get just a little light bulb moment of, hey, I, I know exactly what's going on there. Well, I don't know about you, but did you anticipate that occurring? That's what struck me mostly is like I had no idea he was going to incorporate the two. It caught me by total surprise. 
Yeah, because I remember reading it, and in the very beginning, he actually discusses how the energy bus was his own life, like it was a direct replication of him and what he was going through, and that hit me a little bit deeper. I wish I maybe would have known that, or if I had known it, been reminded before I read the energy bus, but that's why I thought these two complemented each other very well, and uh, it did put a smile on my face knowing that the two the two meshed, and, and of course, the doctor's sister being the, the bus driver from the previous book was was pretty cool. Yeah, dude, it was it was good stuff. It's it was a it was a fun one to read. This whole box set, I think, is just going to be a lot of fun as we continue through this series. And there's just a lot of good lessons. It's uh, and just good good things to know and good things to relay to other people. And it's just kind of a nice way to um, to analyze analyze your life, take a step back, and and really evaluate where you're at, where you're going, how you're getting there, how things are going for you, and and um, understand where you can improve what you're doing what you're doing already that's great and um this just kind of continue that trend for sure so the no complaining rule positive ways to deal with negativity at work by john gordon and so this book like john's other book is he does a phenomenal job of storytelling and providing his insights on how to better your life through storytelling. So these stories are not, you know, a real in-depth, like follow-along type. You know, generally speaking, we found that you can, you know, predict the ending of these books fairly easily. However, I do think by following the characters, you can relate personally and, and hope our main character was going through a pretty tough time, honestly, to start the book off. Yeah, and it was cool to see the the, the superhero that I, I call him the superhero, but the CEO of this company that Hope, our main character, works at. He um, he has a really sweet outlook on life, and um, so I guess I mean I, Nick, I'm ready to just dive right into it. I want to hear kind of your first takeaway. What was your your first big takeaway from the no complaining rule? Yeah, it was. I didn't know when it was going to be introduced. Uh, the rule itself, that is. And I was waiting for that, and it turned out that to be much more simple, uh, yet deep in a way that was like, okay, when I picked it up, I'm thinking the no complaining rule. Okay, complaining is not good. I know everyone probably does it a lot, and um, how do we utilize the information and, and what have you. But when I really got reading about it, one of the biggest takeaways I think I had was the fact and the awareness around how much we do often complain. Uh, living in a first world country, having a lot of first world problems. Um, I think <laughs> from day to day, we get kind of caught up in, in how lucky we have it. But uh, just listening to where Hope's life had gotten to, it was very relatable in terms of, of just struggle. And I think that with the fact that understanding that we do complain a lot, I think the other big takeaway for me was just knowing that everyone's generally going through something. Right. So like in the book, uh... Just for, for everybody listening to give them a little background, Hope, uh, she is a mom, and in the book it talks about how she is a recent single mom. Her husband walked out on her. Her daughter is a teenager in high school, specifically getting ready for like a homecoming dance, and so if you've ever prepped for that, you know how stressful it can be for any teenager and how short their temper fuse can be during that. Sorry, mom. Also, um, she walks into work that same day after like life is personal life is kicking her in the butt and it's absolute mass chaos. They've got these, um, computer 
software batteries or, or hard drives or something, they're catching fire. They're, they're shorting, they're catching fire, and the, the place is a mess. People are going nuts. The media is slamming them. They got bloggers that work in the company slamming their coworkers. And it's, it's absolute mass chaos. And she has to put her personal, aside, personal life aside to deal with the here and now, which is the workplace. Um, and she gets talking with her CEO. And obviously, he's the one that um, he, he talks about all these kinds of things. And, and she has to, she also um, has a doctor's appointment. And she's getting tested to see if she's, she has cancer or not. And that's where she meets Joyce, our, our friend that uh, has the sister who is Joy, who drives bus number 11, the energy bus. Uh, so that's kind of just a background, but it's also a good starting point because, yeah, like Nick said, everybody deals with stuff. We're all dealing with multiple things, no matter what. I mean, there's infinite amount of things people can go with. I mean, we like to tease Jeremy. But I mean, he's, he's a little bit of a complainer. So everything we're saying, you know, he's soaking up, I'm soaking it up, Nick's soaking it up when we're reading all this stuff. And, um, it is, it is good to, to generalize and realize that at first is that everybody's dealing with things. Everybody has things to complain about. Yeah. Um, I think I, I, a lot of it stems from my overly analytical sense where if it doesn't go my way, I kind of get upset sometimes. And, and funny backstory, actually, um, I actually texted my girlfriend after we announced that we we're going to do the no complaining rule. And, and she's like, well, that's a really, probably a really good episode for you. You should, uh, you should definitely listen up. And I was like, it's <laughs> like, so, yeah, it's going to be more of a learning episode than a, uh, than a teaching episode for me. So, but hopefully I can bring, uh, bring good, uh, a good conversation to both sides of the, the spectrum. Yeah. Well, and, and, and hope may, or in the book you're reading about Hope's thoughts as she's written about in a third party way. And one of the comments was, you ne- like people don't know what I'm going through. And, and they take a somewhat defensive stance on when, when a lot of pressure or stress is applied both professionally and personally, you know, she makes that comment, oh, if, if you only knew, you know, what I was going through. And I think that if everyone truly shared what they were going through, I think everyone would have a little bit more respect for everyone, but also know that I just, I think that when life gets so gosh dang fast paced, we forget that there are people around us that are going through very serious issues, or unfortunately there are people around us that just love to complain. (laughs) So Nick, this, this gets into like the, one of the first talking points I wanted to bring, and I'm going to, I'm going to jump a little out of order just in terms of how the book went. Um, but this is in the, the positive road chapter. And the first thing is when we t- when we think of complaining what we don't really realize it's an it is that is an it is an adult way of crying as babies and infants we were ingrained that if we cried when we were hungry if we cried when we were tired if we cried when we were sick if we cried when we needed to go to the bathroom our parents would give us what we need and as adults, that's what complaining replaces. When we want something, when we need something, when something's not going our way, we tend to complain about it and not give a solution. And so that was kind of, that was one of the first things that really hit me is the fact that it's a, a, an adult form of crying, but also there's a quote from um, a really, really good football coach for Notre Dame um, who coached back in the day named Lou Holtz. And Basically, they're talking about chronic complainers in the book, 
and how chronic complainers are not only hurting themselves, but they're annoying everyone else around them. So just think about that um, for our listeners when they're like they're at work, when you're in a team, you're in class, you're around family or you're around friends. That's kind of something. But the quote goes, don't complain. 80% of people you complain to don't care. And 20% are glad that you actually have those problems. <laughs> Guys, what do you think of that? You know, I think it's uh, the, the 20% that are glad that you have problems is, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's actually larger because there's people out there that absolutely love to see other people just get torn down for whatever reason or not. Yeah, like you'll go out and you'll, you'll, you'll be super successful. But if you start complaining, those people just hound you. They're, they're like coyotes, basically chomping at the bit, waiting for you to, to fail so they can bring out the bad and be like, oh, yeah. Um, here's this failure. This person isn't taking it well. Um, boohoo them. Let's go after them. They're not that good anymore. Yeah, because uh, those people can be taken down, and and I think that the percentage of people who genuinely cause or desire harm is is slimmer. But I would agree, Jeremy. I think the overall percentage would be higher of of people because they don't want to see other people succeed and and they not succeed. And I think that that was one thing that was very relevant. Uh, with when Hope um, was having some of these initial conversations with the CEO and, and things like that. She was just constantly thinking in a state of, if you only knew how rough I had it, and little does she know, you know, for the CEO, let's say for this example, he had to go on the media and tell everyone what their problems were. And he said that was the worst day of his professional life, but he does not portray that to her in a way that's like complaining and, and he's more solution oriented as we find out. And he is, I will say, one of the superheroes of the book, the, the catalyst for change. But um, Cole, just to go back to that, I really think that uh, kind of a true point to it is, is people don't actually care. And the reason they don't care is because genuinely people probably don't have enough emotional uh, stamina just to be able to handle that. Like no one will probably just be like, oh my gosh, like, you know what? I woke up this morning and I'm hoping that someone is going to put all their baggage on me today and I'm just going to listen to them <laughs> and, and just be that person. And uh, she does make comments about psychiatry, but I was going to spin it back over to you or, or Jer. Yeah, I mean, let's think about it. How, like when you complain to someone, how many people actually give you positive feedback? Not many people. So like, what's, what's the point of even like going up to them and be like, oh, my life sucks, you know? Many people complain a, back to you. Yeah, like, yeah, absolutely. They're just, it's a, it's a constant cycle of complaining at that point. There's literally no one is waking up ready to improve your lives based on the things you're complaining about. And she, she had noted when she went to see the, uh, the doctor that, you know, you can go see a psychiatrist for that. You know, that's what their professional jobs are. And yet the diagnosis that the doctor gives her was more or less just a, a reality check, honestly. Yeah, it was a reality check. Um, but I think, and, and getting back to what, what Jeremy said, we complain and I, I don't know. I, I've, never, I've never complained, and, and I'm, I'm just as guilty of complaining as anyone else, right? In the book, though, they talk about there's, two, there's really two types of complaining. There's complaining with action, and there's, com there's mindless complaining. Mindless complaining is exactly what we're talking about, is complaining, compounding, complaining, compounding, complaining. Just complaining for no reason, for, to, to essentially kill time and, and reduce productivity. Complaining with a solution, 
is a form of complaining so complaining so saying this sucks or something sucks or so and so sucks and not coming with but and then an action to fix it or some sort of solution to fix the problem or lessen the severity of it i guess if you will yeah before we dive into the those tools um let's so either i think cole if you want to run up to speed on like when the no complaining rule is implemented in her life because that's when she's at the doctor correct so yeah the no complaining rule is introduced to her by joyce who she is her her nurse at the hospital she's getting these tests for cancer and Joyce basically introduces the idea of a no complaining fast. Now, fasting, you know, is is popular with like intermittent fasting or um, obviously I believe there are some religions that do s- some sorts of fasting. I'm not 100%. I don't know 100% about that stuff, so I'm not going to comment too much on that. But um, she talks about how you can't just implement a no complaining rule cold turkey. That's very, very hard to do because you're obviously going to slip up. You have to make it a habit and you have to be able to do it and build it so you can do it mindlessly. And so Joyce, this nurse or doctor, it doesn't necessarily specify in the book. She talks about how just make it a no complaining hour and then give yourself a break. The next day, try to make it a couple hours, get to half a day, then get to a day. Or if you think you can start off by going a full day without no complaining. Maybe go a full weekend without complaining, then try to get through the business week without complaining and slowly building that habit, forming that habit of not complaining. But if you're going to complain, come with a solution and come with action that can be taken. Yeah, because one of the the tools or one of the ways to go about trying to, to create change in your life for this particular book was noted that going through a day first or a couple hours. And I think it's a situation where once you're aware of how much you do it, I think not only you're like, holy cow, I I probably complain more than I think. But when we start to complain and these rules are implemented where it's a complaint, but this is the action step before or after that we need to do on the complaining, I think it actually provides value because Cole, share with them, you, you were in traffic when you were coming to see me this weekend. And you used the rule, actually. Like, you, you used it, and I thought it was cool that you did so, but just share that that as a small side blurb here. Yeah, so on my way over there, it's about an hour and 45-minute drive. I'm in traffic, and obviously on the interstate, there's tons of, like, 18-wheel semis and, and these big trucks that take up a lot of the road. They don't always keep their speed. Um, and so I'm, I'm cruising along, and I get stuck behind a couple trucks, and I'm like, man, these trucks suck. I'm like... Why can't they just get up to speed? And I thought about, bo- I, I thought back to the book and I'm like, how can I spin this to be a positive? And I thought my brain, I, and so I inserted the word, but, and I said, they carry a lot of things we need and they do a lot of things for us that had we not had them or back in times when we didn't have them, we wouldn't have been as productive. And so, I mean, it, it literally is, is something as simple as that, as when you catch yourself complaining, be able to spin it into a positive or like I've said, you know, a couple times, come with a solution and, and take action to fix it. Because hope does implement that a little bit and along with some other tactics that John, you know, presents to her. And 
where we're at in the book at this point is she has accepted that there was a lot of hardships that have been put on her plate, both professionally and personally. However, once she meets the doctor and, and gets the rule and understands the rule, she is starting to open up a little bit, not only by accepting reality that she is a chronic complainer, but also getting prepared to see where she can use these tools. And she's just starting to see where it can actually come into play. And she's starting to lighten up a little bit. And and mind you that she went through some pretty tough shit. I mean, having a, a teenage daughter and a son, I believe, is that's that's a chore for all those mothers out there. I'm sure you know exactly what I'm talking about right now. And then along with that, having, you know, potentially having cancer. I mean, that's something no one ever wants to hear or go through. And then we then throw the professional issues in with her husband too. So she had a lot to be a chronic complainer for. Uh, so let's not undermine that that people and, and things happen to us and and they're not fair, and, and that sucks. However, John and, and this book is, is saying and suggesting that every time we feel some of this pain, we need to find a tool or a way to, to use it as positive energy because eventually to the part of the book where we're at, she starts seeing how that is, is being implemented. And uh, another thing, Cole, I want you to touch on is how she introduced it to her daughter and, and the change that occurred there. Yeah, so she, she obviously gets this no complaining rule idea for fasting and then obviously implementing the rule itself. And the ultimate goal is to get it implemented into her workplace, but it does seep into her personal life. And she comes home from work and she's expecting, uh, well, she, she's been having bouts with her, her daughter and her son's just, you know, he's completely tired of hearing mom and sister fight. And so she's like, I'm going to implement this. And she went through dinner and she was happy. She smiled. She didn't complain. And uh, it was actually her son who said, I'm just glad to, to hear you guys not fight. And eventually it catches on with the daughter. And later on in the book, she comes home and her daughter is getting ready for this homecoming dance. She's with some friends and her mom nicknames the group like the three complainers or because it it, it, <laughs> it had evolutionized itself from the three musketeers to the three complainers and before you know it she steps out of the car and she's expecting this big barrage of problems complaining and she gets hit with smiles she gets hit with laughter and she gets hit with how you doing mom or how how you doing hope and she, she's completely blown away and what her, her daughter and her daughter's friends go on to tell her is they're implementing it among their friend group and their end goal is to be the most positive girls in school and they want to implement it in their school and and have a, a no complaining rule um, in, in the hallways and throughout their day. And so it, it seeped, it not only seeped its way into Hope's personal life and her professional life, but it also seeped its way into Hope's daughter and eventually uh, an educational system. Which is so wild because the whole time in the book, she's thinking that it's not going to work. Like she genuinely is like, there's no way this little rule of no complaining, or if you do complain, finding a solution for the, the problem. She never would have dreamed it and made it to that level. But that is when she starts to see the turn. I mean, this isn't necessarily a very long book, but at this point in the book, she starts to see a little bit of positivity in her life, and, and she's feeling fueled a little bit by her daughter and her daughter's initiative, and, and her home life is a little bit together, and, and she's starting to feel a little bit of shift. And then another thing I think is cool is that I'm going to 
and help me out on the CEO's name again. The CEO's name is Dan. Dan. So Dan is a guy that I respected when I read this because he never gave up on hope. A lot of people were giving up on her, and I think that's what made him special as a CEO. And, and, and he had mentioned that like he was a prior coach, and he always loved like giving large roles to kind of the underdog teammate, and, and they overperform and, and kind of share everyone and, and, and kind of not necessarily prove them wrong, but everyone is genuinely shocked. And so he chooses hope amongst all these things, and he's like, Hope, I get that you're in a tough spot right now but I know you're the girl for this big work project. And as she starts implementing the rule, some of the more positive momentum comes and she starts in her professional life, especially standing up to some people, but also realizing how toxic their workplace was. I loved that he brought, um, or, or, or how Dan, this, the CEO and the superhero of this book, he, uh, he talked about his experience doing that as a basketball coach. He talked about how if he ever looked down the row of seats for his basketball team, and he saw one of his players not engaged, or if he saw them kind of checked out of the game, maybe socializing a little too much or staring off into space, he would sub them into the game, right? And it reached a point where none of, none of those players wanted to be that person that's subbed into the game when they're <laughs> checked out mentally or they're staring off into space thinking about something else or whatever they're doing besides focusing on the game of basketball. And so he, he talks about how all of these players were now engaged. They're invested in the whole game because they don't want to be that one person subbed in for that reason. They obviously want to play, but they don't want to be subbed in for that reason. Um, so yeah, it was, it was funny how he mentioned that, but it was so cool to see that throughout the book, you know, her coworkers, one in particular, Jim, completely doubted her, did not think this, she was the person for the job. She thought she was going to fit. He thought she was going to fail so bad that she was going to be fired and she was going to be thrust out into the world of unemployment right and steadily and con and and as a constant dan says no this is the person for the job and obviously like we like nick mentioned you know hope proves him right and and blows absolutely blows her coworkers away her executive team and then blows away the board um with her presentation and her no complaining rule and all the the principles that she starts to implement yeah, they're they're shocked because they and I, I want to pound this in a little bit for this book. They're shocked at the simplicity of it, I think. And and how simple the rule of no complaining is. And then along with some of the principles, just kind of paraphrasing them, being positive or or always having a, a trust in your employees to where they can always come to you and bring ideas and and things and complaints up with solutions and uh, all of this stuff that was presented to the team, they're kind of like, okay, hope, like I get it. Like we've seen a lot of motivational people before and and business gurus on on this topic, but we've never like dabbled in it. And the whole time, it's cool because you see hope having this subconsciously come together for the team and she's building momentum. And when she presents it, uh, it was very empowering. Truly. I thought when I, when I read it, it was very empowering to know how she never gave up on herself even, or excuse me, Dan always had hope in her. And then hope started to see hope in her own self. Sorry for all the hopes. Um, but, uh, it was just, it was cool to see her character progress through and, and how so many bad things in her life were coming through and, and stopping because of this no complaining rule and then how that kickstarted her um, for the, the, big, the big presentation. Right. And so I want to I wanna touch on this because I don't want to miss on this point. So a little early, earlier in the book, 
um, all these things we're talking about, right? The, the no complaining rule and trying to become more positive, come with solutions. I think if, if you're going to complain, come with a solution to back it up. All of those things don't come without change. Would you agree with that, Nick? Oh, 100%. And I am so glad we brought this up. I think this was one of your number ones, and it's going to be a good topic of discussion here for all three of us, is the, that change is inevitable. And it's not a fun thing. Not a lot of people enjoy it. In fact, I had an event that happened to me today, which prevented us to be able to record on time. And and I didn't like that. However, we were flexible enough to get this done. But change is something that happens to everyone. And I'm going to give you the runway here, Cole, because I think you got a lot of good things to add. Well, change happens to everyone and it happens to us on a daily basis. It can be large scale as far as changing jobs or changing schools or changing um, religions in some cases. I mean, there's so many massive ways that change comes about. And there's also a lot of ways that small change happens, like with a, a simple schedule change or a time change or a simple change of location having to be to one place instead of the other. And there's a quote in the book that the, the CEO says to hope, and, and it's in the, the very beginning of the book. Uh, and he says, what we need the most, we resist the most. And I don't know if you guys will agree with me, and I don't know if people listening will agree with me, but I think damn near, if not 100% of people, resist more than anything is change. And I think in a lot of cases, yeah, do we get some things right? And are we on the right track with some things? Yes. And I'm not speaking about one topic in particular. I'm speaking in generals. But we resist change on a daily basis in our daily lives, in our professional lives, so, so much. And I think that's one thing that we have to get comfortable with, obviously, but that's also something that in, in a lot of cases we need more than anything. I think we actually kind of hit on this when we interviewed Leah. You can't teach an old dog new tricks. And I think part of the reason why that saying comes around is because those old dogs are just set in their ways. They don't want to change. Well, it's change is not is not easy. It's not something that we fully take on. And you know, for certain business structures, there's there's new systems and softwares that are rolled out. There's new teams. You know, it could be on an annual basis. And I think we we as humans love to be routined and we love to get into to our habits and be com- uh, comfortable and and complacent in some ways. But this change can happen for us for the good and also for the bad. I think that, you know, a great normal or very realistic example is COVID. I don't think anyone wanted COVID to come in, not to get too lengthy on the topic here, but it forced us to change, right? You know, that this is something that forced us to change and, and, you know, hope her husband leaving, she probably didn't want that to happen. I don't think. I don't think she was planning on it, but it is our ability to handle change in a way that is proactive and productive that will make the difference in the end. Uh, but that that's just a little bit of two cents I have on change. I mean, I, I love not being on a routine in some capacities. I like kind of love spont- you know, being spontaneous, but just dealing with change in general is, is just never fun. Right. It's not fun because it inconveniences us, right? And that's where a lot of negative talk, a lot of complaining stems from. And you know, just for, for people listening in this book, um, actually like on the next page, it talks about when negative comments and when complaining 
it is said, the negative emotions that come along with that, just some of the things that are associated with it, less success, fewer friends, increased risk of a heart attack or a stroke, less energy. I mean, these are all things. And, it, and it's kind of funny, that last one, less energy, it's so funny how complaining and energy go hand in hand. And I think, you know, to, to go back, that's exactly why John Gordon tied these two together is because they do go hand in hand. And if we can learn to not complain or complain less, or when we do come and, and when we do complain, come with those solutions or come with a plan of action to fix it, make things better, always be improving. That's where we're really going to find our stride. And that's where we're really going to see this, the success. That was, that was one of the, the bigger takeaways I had there too, Cole, is like how he had the thought process of solution-based complaining. Because I like how he says it's okay, everyone's going to complain. Like you will complain on a daily, weekly, hourly, whatever basis. However, he's saying that it can be toxic and it slowly creeps in. It's something that comes in undetected in a work environment or undetected in a personal life, but it can be a killer. And I know there were some facts um, with how negativity costs the country a, a, an absurd amount of money and, and how it just, it's really not a positive thing. And, and hope is in like the deepest swamp of the negativity swamps ever created during the start of this book. But having the blessing of getting that per, a couple people in her life to be accountable to her, shoot her straight and, and say, hope, we know you're a great person. However, there's some things going on right now that aren't fun, but you have to accept reality and move forward. And that was a conversation her and Dan had, which I thought was really good. Um, but then also her going to the doctor and getting the no complaining rule. And, and as she's slowly starting to, to use this rule, her strength is building. And I, I'm going to try this rule for sure. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a big takeaway on it. And, and really, I liked the solution-based complaining because I love to complain. I mean, who doesn't love to complain? <laughs> Right. And so, Nick, I'm really glad you brought up that you brought up the doctor's office because that's exactly where she gets this little card, right? With the, the no complaining rule tools. And there's three of them on this card. Okay. The first one is we've, we've talked about it already with insert the, the word, but. So when you do complain, insert the word, but just like I did with, with these trucks. Yeah. These trucks inconvenience me driving and they force me to, to get off cruise control, but they're carrying a lot of heavy things that a lot of, a lot of us need. Um, the second one is focus on get to instead of have to. I get to go to work every day. I don't have to go to work every day. I get to go to school. I don't have to go to school. I mean, shoot, I, I get to come home and see my family. I don't have to come home and do chores. Those are kind of the, the, the mindset shifts that, that Hope is having as this story unfolds and ultimately that John Gordon wanted us to get across uh, or wanted to get across in this book. And the last one is turn complaints into solutions, like we've said already. Use your complaining to your advantage. If you can complain and then come up with a, a solution um, of a way to do things better, people are willing to listen, especially, especially people that are, that are like-minded and want to see success and want to see change themselves. It's hard to, and I, as, I, as I was uh, getting ready to, to come onto this piece, I was looking at the book a little bit here, and uh, I just kind of flipped to the quote of, of being and staying positive. And it says in there, being positive is easy when things are going well. And I think that at one point early on in the energy bus, it had, it had referenced the fact that you know his career was going great and, and he was on fire. And, and same with Hope. I mean, she had this great life, but 
she got to a position where ultimately she was like, who am I? And, and why do these things have to happen? And I think that's another key aspect is trying to cultivate some of these things, whether you're doing well or not. Because if you are doing well, pour the gas on the fire, baby, and, and use the no complaining rule and, and really just get it going and light some fireworks. But it's almost just as important or vital when you're not doing well. And I think that's why Hope is so shocked at the, the importance and the, the value this little role played in her life. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think it played a huge role. Um, and there's a, there's a really cool um, example a little bit later in the book on page 55. And in, it's talking about like the fundamentals of prosperity. Um, and it, ta- it talks about how South America was discovered by the Spaniards and they were searching for gold. Um, and contrary to that, North America was settled by pilgrims, right? And they were searching, um, they were searching of God. And that was, that was their goal. They were searching of God as opposed to, to um, these Spaniards searching for gold. And it's funny that it gets brought up in this book because that's exactly what they're talking about in relation to their business is instead of valuing people, culture, like spirit of the company, they're focusing on stock price. They're focusing on profits. They're focusing on success by the numbers. And that's what Hope goes on to say in her presentation is we need to be focusing on the core, which is the people that we have and, and the way that our company is growing together. And I think that's especially true even in school, not focusing on what you're learning, but focusing on building good, strong, healthy relationships with people that are going to last, that are going to benefit. That Because we've talked about at length how important networking is and having great relationships and great friendships. I mean, what's better than having a great friendship? I mean, I'm talking to two of my best friends right here. Hey, guys, just wanted to let you know we teamed up with our guys over at Driftless. You guys may have heard Clayton Lieb come on the podcast and do an interview with us. Well, we got a promo code going on with them. Type in State Street at checkout and you get 10% off your entire cart. Get things like the hats, the hoodies, the t-shirts, the stickers. The hoodies and the tees, you guys, let me tell you, they're some of the softest clothes you'll ever wear. They look great on men and women. They got a new women's line coming out very, very soon. Guys, go get some of these tees, hoodies. The hat's got great designs, and the stickers will look good on water bottles and laptops. I wanted to actually talk about your positivity point. Being positive when things are going well is actually pretty easy. Everyone, everyone can point towards a, a positive person they know, and they're like, yeah, they're, they're, be, they're successful people. But the, I think the most telling point is when you can be positive when you are negative. And that doesn't mean to say you have to be Chris Traeger from Parks and Rec, where Everything that ever happens negative to you has to be spun in a positive way. But <laughs> if you can find a little bit of positivity in in the negatives and, you know, use the no complaining rule. This sucks, but at least I have a family to go back to. At least maybe I'm learning something about myself. Being able to be positive and then using that no complaining rule can probably be a pretty powerful thing to do. Yeah, and she she totally experiences that, and it's just it's fun to read read along. But um, for all those folks that are attending uh, those 10, 14, and twelve and under tournaments on State Street, I hope we've been uh, real fun and entertaining. And uh, we have uh, a one more good thing to talk about here, and and then we'll we'll wrap it up. But I wanted to bring this point up, and I wanted to save it to be on air for you guys. 
um, more as food for thought. But the second takeaway that I had of this book that I thought was so interesting to look at was every negative event, whether large or small, always has or always is the catalyst for great opportunity. And I'm not sure if that is, I think it's paraphrased in the book or, or said quite literally, but that was something that struck me pretty hard because her going through that divorce or her husband leaving her and having to deal with those teenagers, it was such a problem at the time. Like at the time, she didn't think there was a tomorrow because of how much stress she had, both personally and professionally. And I just love how the quote reads because she probably never would have anticipated this harsh news of a reality check of the no complaining rule. She was probably very uncomfortable hearing it. She didn't like it at all. And then it turns out as she continues to grow and and inspire her family and inspire her other employees, she looks back and understands that negative event happened for me and not to me. I'm still a little bit of Ed Milet right there, but uh, I think that was another big takeaway is in those moments, we never understand why. Why, do, why does it got to be like this? You know, why do we got to go through this? However, it's always generally a great catalyst for the next level of opportunity. Right. And that goes exactly back to the energy bus, right? And, and it's crazy how, how much these two overlapped, but the, the quote that nobody goes through life untested, right? And things don't happen to us. They, like you said, Nick, I think you said that beautifully. And I think Ed Milet originally said that beautifully. Things don't happen to us. They happen for us. And it's all about, can we use the no complaining rule to our advantage, right? Can we complain a little bit? Give yourself a little slack. Go ahead, complain. But understand that that complaint needs to come with some sort of solution. Whether it's, and, and, it, and it doesn't even have to be a well-thought-out solution, especially if it's in the moment. It can be, man, this maybe is the worst thing that's ever happened to me, or this is the worst day of 2020, or 2020 sucks in general, but I've learned so much about myself. I've learned so much about coronavirus. I've learned so much from John Gordon. I got to start a podcast with my two best friends. I got to spend a lot of quality time with my dog or a lot of quality time with my family. All these great things are coming from 2020. And you know, as, as I said a, a couple uh, episodes ago, you know, I'd listened to that interview with Doc Rivers that John Gordon did. And he, you know, it was so cool to hear him say, we're only halfway done with 2020. There's a whole second half to be played. And I, I think, I truly think if we can implement the no complaining rule on this podcast, and if all of our listeners can implement the no complaining rule in their lives, personal and professional, or begin to at least, People will see a lot better 2020. We're going to start seeing the beauty of 2020 instead of seeing the doom and gloom. Well, at least establish and, and nurture the roots, the roots of all of these things. And I am a type of person, I don't like to push things on people. However, if for our listeners, if you're looking for a little bit of a, of a bout of energy, and I think that's what the solution orientation for some of the no complaining rule gives us is some positive energy, just a little bit to get past that complaint. So if you're looking for that or, or feel stuck or what have you, or, or hell, you just haven't read a book in a while, this one's super short, simple, but I think it's really impactful and really tangible because it, complaining is just something that surrounds our everyday lives. So I would definitely encourage you to go out there. But yes, Cole, I agree to really understand that even though uh, we had to be forced to go through change with COVID <laughs> and go through this year that doesn't seem to end, uh, we can still flip the coin and, and be able to build and develop roots for a, a strong 2021 and 
uh, figure out what the new normal is. But uh, man, we've had such a good conversation here today. Um, I, I don't know. Do you guys have anything else? I think we're ready to plug social media. Yeah, guys, uh, if you enjoyed this episode, please go ahead and like and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any other major podcast platform. We're on all of them. And if you would like to go ahead and follow us on social media, you can hit us up on Twitter. It is at State Street Pod. Instagram is State Street Pod. And then Facebook is State Street Podcast. Make sure to hit those up and look for all our updates that come out pretty regularly. Awesome. Thanks, man. Uh, and before we leave off today, I think, Cole, if you wouldn't mind to give a little uh, little cliffhanger on, on who may be coming on State Street next. Yeah, we got a super exciting one. Uh, a buddy of mine, former teammate of mine, um, Mr. Nick Boys, is going to join us on the podcast all the way from the country of Australia. We're going down south. Woo! Going international. Going international. Our very first international guest live from Australia. He's like 15 hours ahead of us. So we're going to be talking to him uh, on a Tuesday night. We'll re- that's when we're recording it. It'll be Wednesday for him. So he's going to hear it on, on Friday. We're going to release it on Thursday. But um, he's got such an awesome story. He came to the U.S. for college. I got to, to meet him, play with him, know him in his first couple years of coming to America, all the experiences that he had, not just coming to America, but going from a high school kid to a college kid, you know, that, that jump is big in itself and you learn a lot and there's a lot of fun things that happen. There's a lot of weird things that happen. And, um, so we're going to hear a lot about, about that. We're going to reminisce a little bit and then we're going to get caught up to speed on a lot of the things that he loved about America, where he's at now. Um, and I don't want to spoil anything cause I want to let him tell it, but <laughs> It's going to be a really, really fun conversation. If you love Australian accents, this is the one to listen to. So gear up for that uh, for us to go down south. Yeah, I think I am super stoked to meet this individual and, and to get to talk to him um, just because it's so fun to, to speak with people who have unique backgrounds compared to ourselves. And also, I mean, the Aussie accent is, is going to be fun just to hear that really naturally coming out. But uh, hopefully the games are all wrapped up for those that had us tuned us uh, tuned on rather uh, on State Street watching that 12, 10, or 14U tournament. And until next time, guys.